Our Lord Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem and laid in a manger. I don't know if you read the news about it lately, but this is the first time in years that on Christmas Day tomorrow, Bethlehem is closed over in Israel. It's a vacant town. Nobody's allowed to go around celebrating or anything. They can't go to where they believe the manger was. But because of the war and all that's happened, that suddenly Bethlehem is silent. And yet, according to the Scriptures, it is that little town of Bethlehem that has proclaimed the greatest news ever given to man. As the angels came to the shepherds on the hillside, they proclaimed, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. God sent His only begotten Son to a little town called Bethlehem so that there the King of glory, the King of heaven, would be laid in such a humble place by His mother. And there the only uh, uh, the ones that came to worship Him were shepherds. Think of it. Shepherds. Now, of course, we know the wise men came later. But the first ones who heard about it from the angels, they went and saw this thing that had taken place. And they found the manger. They found the Lord Jesus. And if you think about this, God planned that shepherds on a hillside in that, uh, next to that little town would come to worship a lamb. For John the Baptist, when he was proclaiming Christ, he said when he first saw him, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Jesus had become the sacrificial lamb from heaven to be placed on the altar called the cross and be, and be killed there and shed his blood for your sins and mine. And so the shepherds came to see the Lamb of God. But we find that Jesus was not just the Lamb of God. For Jesus himself called himself a shepherd. We find it in the Gospel of John. As Jesus was beginning his ministry, he spoke before the people. And we read in John chapter 10, beginning of verse 7, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find 
pasture. You see, Jesus Christ, later on, he says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. If you understand shepherding in, in ancient days, and even today, they would make a, the fold for the sheep out of stones. They would build stone walls, the shepherds. And then there would be only one door, an entrance through which the sheep would go in. They would go in and out that one door. But there are those who would seek to steal sheep, thieves and robbers. And they would climb, try and climb over the wall or maybe try and get through the gate. But who was at the gate and watching the fold through the night? It was the shepherd. The shepherd guarded the gate. That's why Jesus said, and he was the door. He said, I am the door. And so that nobody could enter into the fold except through him. And Jesus is saying these thieves and robbers, they represent other voices in the world that were trying to steal you away. We who are lost in our sin, there are voices out there, thieves and robbers, who are trying to tell you, hey, we have the good life. We have the answer to life. You want happiness? You want joy? You want a reason for living? We got it. Just come to us. Just follow us. And you've got other religions all over the world doing that. You've got the world out there saying, hey, you will find the joy of your life and happiness in material things. If you get a bigger bank account, the bigger it is, the happier you will be. But those are the voices of the thieves and robbers who are trying to keep you from going through this one door which is Jesus Christ, and coming to the good shepherd who laid down his life for you. Jesus went on then, and then he said, concerning these, uh, as he is the door, he said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. That's talking about a life of peace and joy for the sheep, going in and out and finding pasture from the fold because the shepherd has taken them in. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's what the world wants to do. wants to destroy you, dear friend, tonight. But Jesus then said, I have come that they might have life, the sheep that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Have it more abundantly. When Jesus talks about, I have come that they might have life, he's talking about eternal life. Through him, by accepting Christ as Savior, I am made a new creation. I become a child of God and then I am given everlasting life. My sins are forgiven. And therefore... I have a new life on earth because I have a new person inside of me. I've been changed. And because I've been changed, I have a different perspective on life. I can have joy 
in the midst of pain and sorrow. I can have peace and contentment in the midst of any loss that I face. Why? Because the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, said, I will give you life and give it more abundantly. And that means that he will give you the joy, the peace, the happiness that only he can give because you know you're sealed into God's family and Jesus Christ promised that he would hold you in his hand and he said, no one can pluck you out of my hand ever or my father's hand. You are secure in Christ. If you're here tonight, you look at your life. I ask you, do you have a wonderful life? Do you have it? Can you honestly say you have a wonderful life? I'm sure many of us would say, who here, and you don't know Christ. You have no hope. You don't know what's beyond the grave after you die. And, and there's no joy in your life. No peace. No contentment. Because you, you don't know Christ. But Jesus came to give you everlasting life. That wonderful life. The world will promise you a wonderful life. But their, but their offer leads to death. Tonight I've asked one of our brethren here in the church, Tom Taylor, who recently experienced a a severe accident. And Tom, if you would come up at this time, I've asked Tom to share. First, I'd like him to share the experience of what took place in his life not too long ago. And then he's going to share another experience And then you, as he does this, ask the question, ask the question, do I have a wonderful life? Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Pastor. Boy, I don't know how I'm going to follow this. Boy, he's on fire tonight. Many of you know, July 21st, I was in a terrible in a terrible accident. I was sitting at my company and I was sitting at a table and I heard a crash. I looked up and there was a truck. It drove through the building. He literally run over me. And when the paramedics come, they thought I was dead. They took me to the uh, trauma unit, and I will tell you that Pastor Larry, he was there every day for me, and I know that many of you here were praying for me. My wife, she wouldn't leave my side. It literally tore my nose off, my eye out of my head. This side of my head is all titanium steel. And six days later, they did patch me up. They're going to do some more operations on me. 
And I want to tell you, God absolutely saved my life. Why? I couldn't figure it out. But I know that part of the reason is God wants us to use our testimonies. Someone needs to hear it, and they need to hear what God's done for us, and that he, <clears throat> and, and that he is alive. Well, my wife and I went up to the Pennsylvania Farm Show, to the Christmas show. We usually go every year. And many of you know that I love antiques. And um, I walked up and I saw this coverlet. I'm going to show it to you. How many of you know what that is? Yeah. And do you know who Zuzu is? She's the little ginger snap that was in the movie. That's who had this. I walked up to the booth that they were at, and I didn't know who she was. I said, oh, wow, that is a wonderful coverlet. I said, I love that thing. I start talking to this gentleman there, and... um, we're talking, and I shared my testimony with him. Why? God knew. I didn't. We started talking, and he was a trauma psychologist. And I think that's what kind of led us into it. And he said to me, he said, you really should get counseling, the trauma you went through, and so forth. So I shared with him the gospel, and I told him who I felt was the best physician and the one that had all the answers. So we start talking, and I'm sharing the gospel with them. And this little lady comes up, and we're talking. And he says, do you know who this is? This is my wife. I said, really? And she said, yeah, I want to know more about this Jesus. She said, I live in California, and she said, there's no preachers out there where we live. She said, it's going to share the gospel like that. They don't want to hear it. I said, really? She said, no. She said, I was in 17 different movies. I think that's what she told me, 16 or 17 different movies. It was Zuzu. There she is with John Wayne. Here's the one that she gave my wife and autographed it. When she was a little girl in the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And I asked her if she wanted, if she knew The Wonderful Life. She said, oh, you mean the movie? I said, no. The real wonderful life, knowing Jesus. And she said, no. She said she knew about drinking 
and how how they used marijuana and they had all these cocktail parties she was telling me and she said I said well how old are you she says I'm 83 going on 84 I said well let me say this to you and I mean it respectfully I said if you died are you going to go to heaven do you know or are you going to go to hell she said I really don't know I said, well, why don't we pray? And you follow me in his prayer, and then you're going to know Jesus. And she did. She accepted Jesus right there at the farm show. And I encouraged her afterwards to talk to uh, or call David Jeremiah because she lives in California. I didn't know where to tell her to go to a church. So I asked her to call and find a church and get into that church and read a Bible and to find that wonderful life that she was in the movie of. And that's what her plans are. So I'd ask you all to pray for her, too. If you want to see any of these pictures, and I have some other pictures of us, and my wife on the phone with Suzu. But it was fantastic to do that. Is that your bell? And here is her little bell. <coughs> Remember what she said? Daddy, every time the bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Amen. Tom, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, brother. And we're praying for you. God bless you. You too. My friends, you just heard tonight from a man who should have been dead. Should have been killed in that auto accident. But when that all happened, he had known that if he were to die, he would go to heaven. Because there was a point in Tom's life where he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And so, therefore, he wasn't afraid. Again, he wondered, Lord, why am I still alive? But then he realized, God, you must have a plan and purpose for me still. And God has, began to, has begun to open up doors for Tom, just like tonight, to share his testimony. But then he shared that testimony with me about Zuzu at the farm show. And here was that little girl who's now an adult woman who was in this movie called A Wonderful Life. And she had all of Hollywood. She had the money, had the big house. I think you mentioned that she, her neighbor was someone called Suzanne Summers. That was her neighbor. She had everything that this world could offer. And yet she had to tell Tom... I don't really have a wonderful life. I did the movie, but she didn't have it in here. She did not know Christ. And Tom had the privilege of leading her to Christ and leading her to the good shepherd that Zuzu could become one of his lambs. And my friend, tonight, you might have come here and you've been searching for that wonderful life, and you haven't found it. You can find it right here tonight. 
Jesus is calling to you. And he's opening his arms and saying, Oh, sinner, come home to me. And I will change you. Jesus will do the changing. You, don't have, you can't do it. But Jesus will come and change you from the inside out. And you can be forgiven of your sin and you can be robed in his righteousness and have everlasting life. Heaven will be your home, guaranteed. But a decision has to be made. You have to decide, do I want Jesus Christ, the one who said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It's yours to take and receive tonight. Let's bow in prayer, shall we? As we bow in prayer tonight, perhaps the Lord has been speaking to your heart. And you know you're not saved. You've never given your heart to Christ. You haven't given your life over to Him. But tonight you realize that He is the only way, the truth, and the life. And you want Him to save you from your sin. You want to be able to experience that wonderful life of Jesus living inside you and being able to give you peace and joy and contentment in the midst of any suffering that comes into your life from now on because he will never leave you nor forsake you. If you're ready to accept Christ, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. The prayer itself doesn't save you. Just saying the words doesn't save you, but you have to believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that you're a sinner and that you know that only He can save you and you want Him to save you now. So this prayer is a prayer of confessing your faith to the Lord. If you're ready to make that decision, pray with me now with heads bowed. Just pray quietly in your heart along with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner tonight. And I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you died on that cross for me. And you took the punishment for my sin. Come into my heart right now. Wash my sins away. I receive you tonight as my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me and rising from the dead, Lord Jesus. And with heads still bowed, if you prayed that prayer tonight, you gave your heart to Christ, I want to pray for you. As you begin your new walk with Christ, Jesus Christ, you begin your new life with Him. I would like you to do one thing. With heads still bowed, if you prayed that prayer and asked Jesus in your heart, would you do this? Would you slip your hand up right where you sit, high in the air, and then take it down? And by lifting your hand, you're saying, Pastor Larry, I asked Jesus into my heart. I trusted Him to save me. I wanted that wonderful life in Him. Just slip up your hand, and I'll pray for you as you begin this new life. Would you do it now? Just going to wait a moment. Did you give your heart to Christ? Slip up your hand so I can see it. Lift it up high in the air. Yes, God bless you over here. Anybody else? Just lift up up your hand. Let me see it. Another hand. Yes, the Lord bless you. 
and anyone else. Just slip it up and take it down, and I'll pray for you. Is there one last call? Anybody else? Anyone else? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for these decisions that have been made. Who are those who have come to the cross and trusted Jesus Christ for salvation. I pray, Lord, you'd give them the joy now. They can experience the joy and peace that you promised as Jesus now lives in their heart. And Father, may they leave here rejoicing in the fact that they are now called a child of God. And Father, that their sins have been forgiven them. Thank you for bringing these dear sheep into the fold. We commit them to you. May they continue to grow now, Lord, in their faith. Father, thank you for speaking. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.